This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. CJ, we're back to the Mountain Air Media Podcast. What's up, brother? Not too much, man. Episode 102, we just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. So now that Will we've we hit that reached 100. Well, remember, we did the math on oh, episode yeah, right. 100, and it was like 14 years to get we're to not 1,400. <laughs> so like 10 oh. years, it would be 10 years to get to 1,000, which is I funny did. enough because in this upcoming interview with Justin Whitman of You Muse Us, he actually says it's like, Starting a business, it's like a ten-year project, mm. and that and that's what he said. He did. Something along, he did. and so like, uh, <laughs> if we get to year ten, we'll hit episode of one thousand. I bet. So, so I'll be damn near forty <laughs> years old. Oh, don't act like that's a huge deal. Forty years old—that's the prime of your professional career. That'll be the prime of this podcast and the prime of Mountaineer Media, man. So look forward to forty. That's how I'm gonna look at it. Right there, you go. Uh, well, in ten who, years from now, we're not going to be quite forty. We'll be still in our. Late no, I'm not going to. I'm going to be dead, but I don't know if I'm. It just be if we're still in Zoom, that'll be. I mean, who knows? So if we're still doing Zoom podcast forty years or 20, 10 years from now, who knows? Oh, I hope it's um, not Zoom, man. I want to. I want to do this in studio, have a room, soundproofed room. You know, man, that's like that. That would be great. We we still got some ways to go before we can do that. But ten years from now, I don't know. It's probably in the metaverse. Ten years from now, let's be real. Yeah, product floating in like deprivation pod things. <laughs> we'll we'll change Maybe it around. Cool. We'll do an episode from Mars, do an episode in space, underwater, you know, like in the I metaverse, did, you can do whatever you want. I did think about we will sit on somewhere and look at a screen and watch humans land on Mars. Not to derail us down to the Mars, you know, wormhole, if you will, but like that's gonna be crazy just to be like our back in the sixties they watch people land on the moon. We're gonna have a moment where we just watch people land on mars like well we we won't be able to watch it live do you think oh yeah we'll have some live, live? Shit by then. i mean I we get like live. record recorded video from no, i say by that time they'll have it maybe <laughs> in west virginia if the broadband's good enough maybe we can, <laughs> we can watch it live but if the like, broadband's uh, good enough <laughs> justin is on the podcast this is a gentleman who cj we've really felt like we knew him and he said it best like the kindred spirits where you feel like you just know the person we've kind of just seen his work on social media and he is speaking of in the prime of your career he is in the prime he's like crushing it with this uh social media transformative music app website network giant behemoth thing that he's building um and he walked us all through it cj and i just i mean i, th- I think it's gonna work i just i, I want to invest in it because i think it's just like a you know, in something that it's a gap, it feels like in the music industry, and he's super passionate about it. He's knowledgeable about it, and he's doing an awesome ass job with it. Can you? You told us in the interview that you can't play music, so you got to invest monetarily. It can't be like a you're not playing music, right? You're not going to bust out the. Oh, violin. I can't be on. No, no, no. yeah, I'm just gonna, right. <laughs> you're not going to be part of the <laughs> the, the creators on that one. Now, I'll tell you what: if you could be a harmonic and pro, that would be that would sell. That would sell. That would, um... but no, I agree. You muse us, Justin Whitman, and like you said, we've been talking 
we we feel like we've known Justin for a long time because of his consistent posting on social media and I feel like we've kind of watched him climb this ladder of success here recently. And although the platform is not out yet, it's the beta, I think he said, is supposed to roll out in spring of 23. So we're getting an inching closer. We're getting closer and closer to its actual debut. But this is going to be a place where musicians and just music lovers come. And it's going to be a lot like, you know, other social media platforms that you see, but it's just going to be music centric and they're focused on improving building the brands of these musicians and bringing musicians together so maybe you can have like a band of of players that you've never that have never actually been in person before but they can create music through this platform create it together i don't know we kind of get into some big bold ideas and and it's really really impressive what they're creating um, but they also have this emphasis on going out and seeing them in concert, which most social media platforms don't have. They want you to keep watching. So they've got a lot of great little nuggets and twists um, that they're trying to, you know, build within this platform. And it's I agree with you. It's going to be incredible when it's when it's really rolling. And Justin is um, he is uh, very bright. He's very, very bright. And so this is uh, a fun one. Yeah, no doubt. Cool episode. Before we get to that, always want to just share all the other stuff that we have going on at Mountaineer Media on mountaineermedia.org. Um, and thanks to Mr. B for sponsoring, continue to sponsor us. But we do have, CJ, you wrote some cool blogs. There's some neat blogs up. One of the, the ones you just posted uh, and we're pushing out today is that we interviewed 100 people and we, we did feel like we kind of came to this conclusion about what all like basically what we were left with like it's it, basically the way i see it is like what was the feeling that was left after doing 100 interviews and we try to like i don't know if you i want to spoil it or if you want to spoil it but it's we, we felt like we arrived at something and it's like it sounds simple but if you kind of if you believe in the nuance of it you kind of can unlock like a mental next uh next gear for you yeah no i agree i mean yeah i don't care i, I the consensus that I put from pen to paper was, you know, lean in your West Virginia values values and you'll exceed all expectations, you know, even your own or, you know, lean in your West Virginia values and you'll go further and further in life than you could have ever imagined. Like those are the common themes that I think we've tried to that we've really learned through 100 episodes. And, you know, I think there are other ones that you can talk about. I think one other big one is that West Virginia, we feel like West Virginia is really rolling. The momentum is building. That's something that we actually discuss in this episode as well. So I think that's a common theme that we've seen throughout. But I think at the core, why do we feel like West Virginia is rolling? Well, I think at the core of it, more and more people are really buying into like, it's cool to be from West Virginia now. It's okay. Like you don't have to be, uh, it's don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're anything less. You're not unlucky. You're not naive. You're blessed to be from West Virginia. And I think that sentiment is growing by the day and through the 100 people that we've interviewed, that is certainly a common theme. And so that was kind of what I tried to boil it down to, but yeah, that's over on mountaineermedia.org. But yeah, I think through 102 episodes now that hasn't changed one bit. I think it's a superpower to be from West Virginia. From being, I think so too. Oh, dude, and my 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 theory on it too is like I know inevitably because we all leave the state, we all tour, we all travel, and you end up having a conversation with people that you know you you don't know where they're from, but you're like, oh, you're cool, you know, you're you're hanging out, and you get to meet them, you do the meet and greet, and you're like, where are you from? Oh, New York, New Jersey, whatever, somewhere in Florida. But the more often than not, in my opinion, from what I've seen you are going to be somebody's first impression of West Virginia. 
And when you represent yourself well and you're confident from being from West Virginia, they are going to just go through this mini mind explosion of like, wow, this person is cool. They're nice. They're friendly. They're easy to get along with, easy to talk to. And he's proud to be from West Virginia. He's not like, he's like, oh, I'm from West Virginia. No, he's, I'm from West by God, you know, and, and says it with pride. And I think that, uh, you know, inevitably you're going to be somebody's first impression of West Virginia. So carry yourself with dignity and and be prideful of where you're from at all times. And uh, I, th- I think it's just, you're going to really blow some people's minds. And that's what I've tried to do for my entire life. But going back to what we were just saying, you know, be confident that you're from West Virginia and you will just exceed uh, everybody's expectation, probably even your own. So I've got an example of that little small world type situation. So my fiance, Dana Davari, is traveling for work. She was down at their South Carolina facility. She runs into this guy. Lo and behold, they don't know each other. And she, they don't know any context about each other. They're working together, same company, but never met. He's he's normally 100% remote, happened to be in the office that day when she's down there. Now that runs is a small world right there. Starts talking, oh, like, oh, you're from West Virginia, back and forth. And then, you know, classic West Virginians, when you're outside of the state, you're reflecting on all the different parts of West Virginia. And she's like, yeah, my fiance actually has this whole, like, podcast. You know, she he, and he goes, uh, and shout out to David Clemson. He goes, it wouldn't be the Mountaineer Media podcast, would it? <laughs> and she was, she her jaw dropped. I'm sure she's like, well, by golly, it is the Mountaineer Media <laughs> podcast. So shout out to David, man, David Clemson. I shot you a message on LinkedIn. I thank you for your support, man. That's crazy that you met up with Denna in, in South Carolina randomly. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy. The reach of Mountaineers, we're everywhere. It's not yeah. a surprise. Mountaineers are everywhere in the world doing amazing things but yeah thanks david for listening to the podcast that means means a lot to us it's really cool to hear from someone outside the state kind of and we're their window back into almost heaven that's kind of that's extra special i would say yeah Um, absolutely there are other uh, blogs. Uh, Amanda Larch just put up a new one exploring one of West Virginia's oldest glass factories. Go over to mountaineermedia.org and read it. It's She's talking about Blinko Glass. We used to do, CJ, me and Mason went on a field trip there back in Shoals Elementary. They used to take us, I, I want to say like maybe every year, or maybe it was a part of the Blennerhassett Island trip or some, something, um, but it's a neat West Virginia you know, handcrafted uh, industry, you know, blown glass. And she just, she's going to do a little mini series on this. This is her second piece Amanda's done. So it's up right now. Go check that out on mountaineermedia.org. Um, a lot of good stuff. What else, CJ? Oh, we do have a winner for the Kane Brown giveaway. Julia Foley has won the Kane Brown giveaway. We've DM'd you. You've won. By the time this comes out tomorrow, I'm going to I'll probably announce tonight because I told everybody tonight. Uh, we're going to get your name to Mountain Health Arena in Huntington. You're going to see Kane Brown with a friend. So thanks, everybody, for submitting uh, your name and email on there. Uh, we appreciate that. We're going to keep doing giveaways. Um, what else? What other new CJ is on? Well, shout out to Mountain Health Arena, too, for, for yeah. hooking us up with that because that was – pretty cool and Kane brown is big deal so um yeah no that's all i got i said we get to justin let's do it the uh, sun does not always shine in west virginia but the people always do Okay, everybody, welcome back. Cooper Zimmerman, CJ Harvey. 
as always today we've got justin whitman from you muse us a uh an up-and-coming social media platform that is gonna bring together social or uh, music lovers and music makers and bring everybody together uh that probably was not the best uh explanation <laughs> 100 word summary but uh not out quite yet justin get us caught up where, where is everything break it down for us what is it when's it coming out and uh you know there are a ton of music lovers everywhere obviously uh so kind of catch us up to speed on how everything's been going yeah so you muse us is a robust yet hyper-focused social networking platform for everyone from musicians to music lovers yeah so as you can see i'm always branded probably in every picture you guys see me in anyway uh, but it's to share, discover, interact, and create. We want them, we want musicians and fans and people that just love music to be able to have a platform that they can go to that's allows them the opportunity to not be filtered out by all the other stuff that goes on social sites. And there's a plethora of really great stuff, and there is a plethora of really negative stuff. We're gonna take all that out of the equation. We're gonna give musicians their rightful stance to be able to actually showcase their drumming ability, their you know, the, if they're a, uh, play the flute, if they're a violinist or if they play the cello, I want them to have an opportunity to be able to showcase their, their stuff on our platform. We also have competitions that we're going to be doing. Imagine Cooper or CJ likes this drummer, this singer, this bass player, this guitarist. You put them into a group, click them all together, hit OK. It compresses all the music they submitted, spits it out like a band that you've never heard before. They've never oh, met. Shit. And you float that around to all your social platforms. Now you're getting votes on it and the top 20 bands after we go through contest and contest and contest get flown out to West Virginia for the ultimate battle of the bands. They've never met. They have to figure <laughs> out their look, style, sound, all of that. And we videotape the whole thing, stream it on a, on a Hulu or a Netflix or a Prime or somebody's platform as well as ours. And we do it all from the great state of West Virginia. The beauty is we're building a platform that's global and we want to prove that being a West Virginian doesn't mean that we have to leave the state to do something fun and exciting, grown and sexy or whatever. You can do it here and you can do it on a scale that's beyond the state, that's beyond the U.S., that touches people, you know, all over the world. Wow. Yeah. Holy heck, I did not realize it was that that angle on it. And that makes a lot more sense. And I could see where that doesn't exist today, per se, because I mean, when I first heard that, is it would you is it fair to say it's like more utility focused, like to connect for like musicians to be able to like work with each other or is it like as a fan i would go in there and then like watch other or listen and find artists that way or is it kind of more geared for musicians to use kind of like amongst the industry to create music so that's a great question there's a lot of platforms out there that allow industry professionals to talk with industry professionals there's a lot of platforms that allow utility purposes where they go in and let's record a song and then you and you know Arizona record the other portion my buddy in Puerto Rico does the other and it's a seamless sound that's fantastic but there really isn't a place where you can go where you're not dealing with the people that are submitting their cat videos and I have nothing against cats or like the you know the fight videos you see or the thirst trap stuff that you see all over you know TikTok and the things that go on we're going to mitigate all of that and allow them as a fan, you can go in and fall in love with the drummer. You know, if you go back to the 80s bands, we know who Tommy Lee is. When I say the name, it just pops right up. When I say Dave Matthews, not just because of the Dave Matthews band, but I know Carter Buford, the drummer of Dave Matthews. And that's what I want people to fall in love with, the actual individual names. And by allowing musicians to promote themselves independently on our platform, people will fall in love with the instrument again. 
the people who make instruments, the people who sell instruments, they will love us for that as well because we want to work with them. People like Spotify, organizations like Spotify, uh, labels like Universal and others will love what we do because we want to work with these artists and determine and figure out a way to incentivize them to also put content, original content and more. I mean, you can you can share, you can put things on feed walls just like you do on Facebook. Uh, we have the ability to create channels, subscribers, all of that on the platform, share music, share photos, uh, classifieds. I mean, you name it. We've built it very broad. Our beta test that we're going to be launching in late spring will narrow it down a little bit to just a few things. And then we'll slowly start integrating more into it. But just how Facebook did it for everybody, we wanted to do this for musicians. And when two-thirds of the world plays an instrument, that's a pretty hefty group that we could attract to come to our platform. And we're going to keep the HQ here in the great state of West Virginia. Berkeley County, wow. right? Is that where Berk- you're? Yeah. Berkeley County. Yeah. We might have offices throughout the state when we're done, which I don't have a problem with because it's beautiful. It gives me an excuse to drive around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A little satellite office and like Dolly Sods, a little something down in Yeah. Yeah. So where, wow. where, where, where's the inspiration from this? Uh, you, not so great for the podcast listeners, but behind you, you've got your drum set. Yeah, there's uh, just uh, a know, lot of goodies. Just yeah, yeah, yeah a, a microphone, a, a keyboard. I think yeah, a guitar. Like you've got the whole, you've yeah. got the band by, behind you. But uh, so obviously, music runs deep in your blood. But like, what's the inspiration? Where did you decide to go from just playing music to like, well, I want to build an app, a social platform to bring musicians together? Yeah, no, great question. I uh, so I've been a musician since I've been a little kid. You know, my parents had me playing piano. Uh, my dad bought me my very first guitar when I was young. I still, that's actually the one that's right there. What you guys can't see is the stuff that's on this side of the room and, and in front of me, which is like congos and a lot more equipment. <laughs> but I play a dozen or so instruments, but I can't read music. And when American Idol came out in 2004, 2005-ish, I was watching the singer standing on the front of the stage and the lights were all on the singer. And being someone that toured and performed and did these massive shows, I'm watching the band in the back, all black lights out, just sitting there, not getting any recognition for making the singer sound amazing. Yeah. And without the back line, you don't have a front line. So I started thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great if we did something really fantastic for musicians, like a competition? And that's where we had the very first idea called rockoutthashow.com. We were working with a lot of the listeners may not know this AOL way back in the day that kind of dates my age a little bit uh, Nextel before they were acquired by Sprint. And we were working with them to come up with a way to allow musicians to interact and use their platform and integrate other technologies that I was working on back then. And we had about a hundred thousand monthly active users on that platform. And we just started to shutter it. We weren't really seeing the results we wanted. We started pushing them off on the different groups like guitar centers social platform and some others. Um, But the idea was always there to come up with a way for musicians to really interact. Mm -hmm. And we just started in 20, I've always tinkered with it every year, but in 2013, 14, I really brought it back off the shelf and just started going at it. And they, they tell you a startup to see success will have a trail of 10 years. And it truly 10 years behind me, we're here now at this point where what you guys don't see on the screen right now is where we're integrating what the you muse us will look like on fire TV, 
when hmm. it's actually up and when it's actually up and running where people can actually go and look at stuff and interact with their televisions as well as the mobile app we're developing and the websites and the changes. So it's been a long time coming to the point where we're ready to do something really amazing. And that's why the beta test will be in the state of West Virginia with WVU, Shepard, hopefully Marshall, uh, maybe even some high school locations as well, and just really test it here. Because if it can work here, it can work anywhere. And that's kind of how my, my yeah. view is. Get Man. get into that and too. Why West Virginia? Why you're you're you told us beforehand you're not originally from West Virginia, but you plan to retire in West Virginia when it's all said and done. So how did yeah. you find your way here? And what about West Virginia is kind of giving you this option to do this now and build this yeah. out? 2008, my wife, who is from West Virginia, we met at a karaoke bar, fell in love that day. I've been married almost 20 years. Uh she's like, I want to, I want to move home. I want to move home by my parents. I'm like, happy wife, happy life, right? That's what they right. tell you. So we move home. I was a private consultant so I could travel anywhere to do my job. And it's just something about the way the people are in this state and the way that everybody interacts. And as I was living here longer and doing all the other projects I was working on and the other gigs I was taking and the consulting projects and traveling out, I was always looking forward to coming back home. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter if I was way down south or New York or back in D.C. It was there was something comforting about coming home to West Virginia. Then flash forward, I'm just thinking, man, why can't we do a startup here? What's the reason why? And we started building out our pitch deck and getting things together and showing things to investors. Investors would tell us, listen, move away from West Virginia. You'll be fully funded. If you come out to Silicon Valley, fully funded, 20 days, Austin, fully funded, New York, fully funded, whatever we need because they like what we're doing. The problem I have is we have tech, we have internet, we have everything I need in this state. We have phenomenal students and individuals that are trained in what I need scattered throughout the state. Why can't I do it here? And the more they told me no to doing it here, the more hell bent I was on doing it here and proving them wrong. Flash forward, I meet uh, Vantage Ventures, I meet the law clinic at WVU, I work with the Small Business Development Center of the state, all these agencies and over the last 18 months, and you guys have probably seen it too, everybody kind of coming together in a culmination of agencies working with universities, working with outside interests and investors actually coming to the state to where they're saying they want to do stuff. Whether they're doing big business right now, pretty soon that big business will start to trickle down to the smaller businesses and the startups and they'll start seeing the money coming in. And we're very proud to say at the moment you know, in addition to the relationships we have with Vantage and everything that we've been doing with them, Sarah Biller and Quintina and Tanya have been fantastic to work with. They've really opened doors for the tech sector and the startup sector from WVU all the way down south. But West Virginia Jobs Investment Trust, you know, Andy, Michelle and Nathan really stepped up when I did my investor pitch day uh, last year. And at this moment, we are negotiating the final points of a deal for them to fund Umuse Us as the pre-seed investment, which is just fantastic news. I can't share congrats, all the details man. yet, yeah, but that's going to be, it'll be a big thing. So it just means, you know, more money to spread around, more people we can hire and work with and really get this rock and rolling. Yeah, yeah I mean, amazing. couldn't have said it better myself. And I, I think we've CJ and I have spoke to, you know, over a hundred people in here now. I mean, you're, I think a hundred and five-ish range and everybody kind of feels that same sentiment is that it does feel like there's momentum building. You see more collaboration. You certainly see the small businesses working with governments, working with big businesses. Um, to, 
that's obviously encouraging to see. I do want to drill down a little bit into the music simply because I'm just curious and we haven't yeah. had someone, I think, with your technical acumen on here to talk about music um, is that and I'm a part of the one third of Americans that are not musical. You mentioned that two thirds were musical. I'm the one third that's not yeah. musical, but I study it. I see it. I feel like I can spot trends, you know, across industries. Um, and, and as of late in, in light of social media, because I know you're also, you know, very much on social media and know the power of it and the leverage of it. You see a report like such and such bought somebody's masters for $200 million. I think yeah. one of the most famous cases is Taylor Swift's big battle with Scooter Braun. He like bought it out from under yeah. Yeah. that whole big debate. Help yeah. me understand, I guess, what, why masters are still so important in an era where it feels like the old model of the record label, you know, coming in and buying everything and basically controlling the artists and they only get end up getting like 5% of the deal eventually. Like yeah. it feels like that model is clearly kind of dying out in real time. You see people like Zach Bryan, who's a rising country music star, kind of take that independent route using social Absolutely. media to grow a following. But it still seems like somebody out there is buying masters for $200 million. So like, what is that? And why is that still important for us? Yeah. So what you're seeing in regards to music, music is still considered a commodity, right? But depending on where you're working and who you're working with. And in the U S alone, we are so open with social platforms like TikTok to allow these artists to be able to have their independence and become an independent label. And I ran an independent label for quite some time, but you still need some major label or distribution and most labels own the distribution to help you get your music out there so you know you have mechanical rights to music you're going to have your royalty rights to music and there's a lot more that goes into that and the reason why they spend so much money is imagine you had a really hit record and it and it did tens of millions of dollars your the the possibility of that music continuing to do tens of millions of dollars you know over the next x amount of years somebody wants that but when you start to quantify that out across the entire globe of who's still playing that music, if you go to certain countries, they're still listening to stuff from X decades ago, or they're catching on to something because they're not oppression is not what it really goes on, but they don't get a chance to hear what we do. We have a very free country in the sense where music flows freely to we can hear what we want. Censorship is there, but it's not as censored as it is in other areas. Having that rights to that music whether it plays on television, movies, content, anything, you know, companies like mine and others will have to pay a fee to have access to it. You know, there's a great show on, um, oh, what was it? Netflix called The Playlist. And it's it's dubbed over, so they're, they speak in Swedish, but they're actually do the US dubs. But it is literally a, a really great adaptation of what went on with Spotify. And what, when what Spotify went through to get to the point to actually get music to everybody. Now, you know, it's at the push of a button on our, on our phones. It wasn't before having access to that. You know, the, the old days of buying a CD and a record are kind of gone. Now, if you're a real purist, getting that vinyl means something it's warm, it's fuzzy. It's like the bass you hear in Cooper's voice when he hits the microphone, it makes you feel good inside, right? Like you're listening to it, but that bass matters because people it's emotion. It's a feeling. So having access to that music, People will pay money for that. People will pay $200 million to buy all of Justin Timberlake's catalog. And he'll gladly sell it because he's not seeing all that money hmm. when it sells on the back end through the record label, unless he is the label. And there's nothing wrong with labels. They help a lot of artists break that have no access, no nothing. They don't have money to do things. 
we would like to be part of the ability to help break those artists, link artists up with others, or just people who, Cooper, you said you're one of the one third that doesn't. I want you to be able to come to the site and and find musicians or music that you love and say, man, I, this is great. I can't wait to go click out their Spotify channel. I can't wait to go listen to them on Apple and then follow their career path as they start out here and they get to here. We just want to be a catalyst to help them and monetize them along the way and then still have competitions and fun stuff. And while all this is going on, doing it here in West Virginia, which will be mind blowing to a lot of people when we really take off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, 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 I Go ahead, Cooper. I think I was going to say that helps me understand it. Cause I, I mean, I think you think of like a Tyler Childers, like how many Tyler Childers are there in West Virginia that possibly just haven't, you know, the quote, unquote, haven't had their shot, haven't been, so many. haven't, haven't given that quote unquote, okay, now it's your turn to go be the star. And Absolutely. I think that model is potentially breaking down because now individuals are more empowered to go out and earn that themselves through their talent, through their marriage, through their skills, yeah. and not from the blessing of an industry, you know, gatekeeper, if you will. So your platform maybe will help people kind of break free of that traditional model, if you will. Absolutely. If you look at what TikTok is doing right now with all their artists, I mean, because I listened and I watched so much music on TikTok because I want to find these people and, and share what they're going to be able to do on Umuses with them, I, it comes into my algorithm a lot more. And you see the guy who the fiddler from West Virginia and you see, like, Bone. yeah, I mean, I will stop and watch him while I'm laying in bed, just playing games or whatever, just because I love the fact he's taking requests and he's mm -hmm. playing over it. He's ad libbing right then and there, which is fantastic. But you give him a platform like ours where then he can be linked up with other artists and then possibly get picked up and brought out into a band and put on a main stage, put on television, put on a streaming platform and given an opportunity, you're speeding the process up. We're not saying that, you, you know, you don't have to not practice. We want you to practice your instruments. We want you to share that journey along the way. But if we can be kind of a little, you know, jump you over a couple speed bumps and get you here quicker, or at least get you access to people who will learn your music, you can find stuff on YouTube. But YouTube, it's, it's all just a part of a bunch of other stuff. And you have to search. Our search is built for musicians and music lovers. So it's a very hyper-focused you know, pathway. That's what, that's what, that's what we're excited about. And I think you're on the, obviously, you know, that you're on the right track too. And and we talk so much highly or we talk so highly of, of TikTok because of the success that individuals have found from promoting themselves on TikTok. But, yep. you know, and some of these guys are, are making jingles, but then turning them into to full yeah. songs that are getting tens of millions of hits on Spotify and whatnot. So just to see that amplified is yep that's awesome i mean that you guys are really just taking like okay this is a small segment of people that are doing this now let's really open it up to the rest of the world yeah and tiktok you notice is one of the only platforms that gets its own moniker under spotify when you yeah. go to spotify you're yeah. not saying the top 100 oh, it's everywhere oh, it's man. the top yeah 100 tiktok and tiktok songs yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like that that blows my mind yeah and we've actually had conversations with people at spotify we've had conversations with people at apple and a lot of these conversations were, you know, we like what you're doing. We want to maybe acquire you, use us and integrate that social breakdown into our platform. And I like the idea of these partnerships, but I like the idea of also keeping our platform 100% free yeah. for the user. And that's yeah. what we are. So we have our own built-in advertising platform so we can work with everybody. So we don't have to leave the platform. You can do everything inside of it and it's not going to cost you anything because that's what it should. That's what it should be.
Yeah, I was gonna say don't 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 sell it yet because I feel like yeah. in five years you're just gonna yeah, be yeah, yeah. I'll be a really I'll be really mad <laughs> hundred times hundred times but I mean speaking of like monetization of like of uh, of social media like how then like the the artist model then of getting paid for their music if you're a musician like we have a friend Tanner Davis who's a jazz musician went to WU with us uh, is doing you know he does gigs out in Pittsburgh um, you know he teaches lessons and whatnot but like if you're a young ambitious musician and you want to make it a full-time living what is now maybe the more clear path to monetizing and being able to make money as a musician if it's not going through a record label like is is there is it are we still in the infancy of that infrastructure being set up or if you have a community trying to then somehow get paid for your work or you're seeing artists just kind of give away their work for free and then maybe hope that you like them and then come see them on tour and that helps ticket sales that way like are you seeing any trends amongst young musicians in that regard? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I I believe there's still a level of infancy in what's going on. You guys see that with podcasts. You know, podcasts are still, you know, growing and growing. I mean, I don't, I listen to music in my car, but I also listen to equally just as many podcasts in my car because I like getting the content the way it's delivered to me in a particular fashion. It's why I like mm -hmm. listening to the show you guys do and the other guys do in West Virginia, because it's fantastic. It's a great way to get information out for the artists. It works the same way. If you can get an artist to, to go onto a platform and gain a following or a fan base, this is what labels want. Labels spend tens of millions or millions of dollars on an artist to get them to have a fan base that will then follow them. But along the way, they're buying content, they're buying merchandise, they're buying tickets, they're going to, you know what it is. If you look at the Taylor Swift, you know, stuff that went on with the ticket sales, you look at the cost of tickets nowadays, cost of tickets have gone up because the cost to be able to put the show on has gone up. And some people understand, some don't, you know, it still is hard to charge or for us to have charged what we used to charge back in the day to go to a show or be part of a festival. But you have to look at you're getting access to the musicians and music and content, and it's an experience. But you look at people like um, uh, Ed Sheeran, who keeps his ticket right. prices at a, at a lower cost because he wants, as he puts it, my mates to all get together, go to a show, have a blast, and then go to another show and be able to afford to do that. Not make it a $4,000 excursion. Let's make it like a couple hundred bucks or maybe 500 between everybody, and you have a great time. It's like tailgating at a sports or sports event you you what you go for everything not just for the main event it's all the stuff that leads up to it artists have they have a rough they have a rough go at it and i did too as a musician you you get paid in cheeseburgers and beer yeah. for a while and then you have to give away stuff to get something in return but if you have people that are genuinely out there to help them along the way give them the tools the tips the tricks of what needs to get done point them in the right direction of people that can help them create the music or, or monetize the music or get the music rights protected. That's what we want to be able to do for them. In addition to also just being a social platform where they can interact and talk and chat and share. There's a lot that goes to it. And I wish Cooper, I had a better direct answer for you, but the problem is it's it. There's, there's so many options for an artist, depending on what they're willing to put in to see what their returns are that they get out. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, the more they put in, the more they get out. It's like in life. But the difference is if we can help kind of facilitate a quicker push, then we want to be able to do that. Music's near and dear to me. I mean, I have it tattooed all over me and all that kind of stuff. So like it, it means a lot more to me deeply rooted 
And whenever yeah. I see musicians anywhere I go, I stop and give them it's fair due. I put money in their jars when they're out in the subways. I just, I know what they're doing. I've been there. I've done that. If I can take that and put it on my platform, I'll feel like I can live vicariously through every artist that's on my platform. Yeah. yeah. What is this app going to look like? Is it a scrolling feature? Is it vertical, horizontal? You know, what's the actual app going to look like? And it, yeah. it, are artists going to, with good video quality, going to get pushed to the front? You know, how does how does some of the background stuff work like that? Yeah. So our, you know, our website is like partially viewable. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be going through a massive upgrade over the next few months, just to some backend cleanup, uh, just so we're fully ready for beta, but we'll be a vertical integration on the actual platform. And then you can, you can scroll through and look at stuff, but you have the ability to click, have a drop down menu and then choose videos and blogs and events and things like that and go to them and look at them. So it's all there. But when you click on a video, and based on your search history and how you do things, you'll be able to actually start swiping through it like you do on TikTok. Yeah. And it has all the like features and you can comment. But there's a lot of similarities to what's out there because what's out there works. It's just a matter of a lot of these platforms just like to say, everybody jump on board. Yeah. Because when they say everybody to the to them, the advertisers, you know, it's a massive pool of people that they can advertise to and tell to jump on board. But music is just as important as anything else. Hotels need to advertise to musicians. Airlines have to, you know, sports drinks, soft drinks, water, soda, clothing. I mean, Axe deodorant, you name it. I mean, these people are out there and mm -hmm. my team and others can go find them. The more advertisers we bring on play, the more money we can put into the pool to learn how the algorithm will work to incentivize these artists that are putting up content. When you hear about platforms like TikTok that put a billion dollars, they talked about it. And their creator fund. Yeah, but an oh, year before they actually mm -hmm. did it, they announced it, and that was great. But some creators that have a lot of views, they're not getting paid as much as to what it is worth, and YouTube still outbeats everybody. So our idea is we want to take a little bit of the best of all worlds and create something that works, that actually gets them paid, that they can see you know, a living off of and or residual money that just is nice in their pocket. But these competitions that we do, and these, you know, externalized uh, contests that will run will give them more opportunities than just say, hey, go to this site and look at it. We want winners to then be able to go on the road. Let's say we did a partnership with Live Nation or something like that. The winners from these contests can go out on the road and actually tour in real life. So think of like a dating site. I want you on it. I want you swiping. I want you looking. I want you interacting and, and having fun. But I also want you to put your phone down and know that this this group of people that you've been watching or these bands or these musicians are playing at the local spot or they're in DC at the 930 club and you're going to drive out and go see them. Your phone's down. Now you're physically interacting with the artist. You've bought some merchandise and maybe you come back to the platform. Who else can I discover yeah. to go look at and interact with? Yeah. So, you know, not many people will tell you, I don't want you to use it. I want you to go to a concert. But I do. Yeah. I want them to put it down and interact. I want them to put it down and find other musicians to jam with and then go make content, put it back on the platform and get other people engaged in doing that kind of stuff. I mean, plus we have dreams of working with high schools and middle schools with their music teachers to actually give them a platform where they can teach how to clean, maintain and a bunch of other stuff with artists and more, you know, well, not artists, but the students. So they learn the more they spend at home practicing when they go to class, they can actually learn more 
and arts in school, there's a reason why I slam a hard A into the word STEAM because everybody talks about STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, but A arts. needs to be in there for arts. Yeah. yeah. What you guys do is an art form. What we do is an art form. They need to know that we're it's just as appreciated. That is that is like you you're like it's gut wrenching when you see like budget cuts happen at school and it's always the creative arts programs. It's Absolutely. Like music or like we went to Capitol High School and it was like, I mean the theater was like pull, putting on like full production plays and musicals. I mean it was amazing. Like and it was yep. like the band is incredible. Like and you could just see how much enriching you know if you didn't if you weren't a soccer player or a football player but your your lane was in the creative arts. I mean that's equal if not the, I mean the exact same of a creative outlet for other folks. So yeah, I mean absolutely. Yeah. Um, it hurts. It hurts a little bit in here mm-hmm. because you see them not get the opportunities that they deserve. Yeah. And you talk about big picture of you muse us. I can't wait to bring back stuff like VH1, save the music <laughs> and, and stuff like I literally envision. I have horse blinders on when it comes to like getting work done. But I have these grandiose plans of giving back and being an investor, not only in the state of West Virginia, but in an area that gives back to the arts that makes it a forefront. If you are good in like a musician or artist or some form of that, it benefits you scientifically proven directly to your science, your engineering and your mathematics. Why wouldn't you slap the A in the word and make it steam everywhere you go, not just STEM? We saw with COVID. I mean, we saw how much art imp- like impacts are like not being able to see music, concerts, comedy, like being around stuff. Like we saw how much every facet, even if you are a hardcore engineer that is like deep focused in like analytical math work, but then you go home when you're right home and you listen to music, it's a yeah. big part of your life. So it's like the arts and music and creativity are fundamental to being human. I mean, that's just like, I mean, I'm sure as long as we've been around, we've probably been <laughs> singing around a fire and enjoying it. And it's a sense of relief and community and storytelling and a, you know, valve release of tension, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I we think that's it too. That, but yeah. it's just like, and then it just comes down to dollars and cents with programs. It's just difficult to like, like, how do you capture that monetarily? How does something make you feel? And that's often difficult, I would imagine. It is. But I, I think we have some ideas on how we can work with school systems to give teachers the ability to not have as much stress in the classroom. How am I going to get these kids up to snuff so they we can save the music program? Because if you don't spend that money, come budget cut time, they'll trim whatever you didn't spend, and now you have a smaller chunk of change. Can we work with those types of programs? Can we give back somehow, some way to, to allow these students to become artists or at least allow them the opportunity to get a feeling of what it's like trying to play guitar, sing in chorus, you know, play in the band, whatever it is. You catch them at an early enough stage, they can learn anything. I mean, Cooper, you talked about golf. I grew up playing golf too. My dad dragged me out all the time to these congressional and, and Senate golf tournaments, and we always had a blast. When you look at those things, that's practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. We got to give the, you know, the students the same opportunity. So there's just what, so much what handicap are you? I'll put you on the spot. I, I don't know yet. It's been it's been a while. So and just to kind of flash back to one of the questions you guys did ask, uh, what made me really kind of jump all in? Sure. In 2015, I damaged my hand. I, I had a I had an accident. So oh, wow. this half of my hand, all the way up to my elbow and into my shoulder, I have what's called chronic regional pain syndrome (CRPS) type two. So I'm an eight out of ten. You ever seen those toys you put your hand in? And you push up and all the pins and needles make the shape of your hand. It's like that. But on the inside of my hand, I feel needles pushing against my skin. Ouch. So when I go to grab something 
ice cold, I have to know it's cold. You can see it's like extended pinky, like I, like I'm really prim and proper. Like you're being classy. <laughs> yes, but I'm left-handed too. So this damaged my left hand and it makes it difficult to play the instruments, to play the djembe, to hold the drumsticks long, to really kind of shred like I used to on the guitar. So I'm living vicariously hmm. through all the artists that I want to help because I can't, this is something I'll have forever and it will only get worse. So if I can give opportunities like I had to everybody else, that's going to fill my soul with what I miss out on not being able to jam out on this and just get, you know, my aggression out, my anger out, you know, just to think and write and all of that, you know, there's a lot I can't do anymore, but I can do through other people. So. I imagine yeah. that impacts swinging a golf club too. I'm sure your left hand. Oh, one, yeah. <laughs> when you feel that, when your grip is here and you sure. get that, you know, rattle in your hand and it comes all the way around. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. That's an actual handicap that you have. Yeah. You yeah that's why I was, that's, that's the I, was waiting, the right way. I was waiting for one of you guys to make the correlation. This is my legit <laughs> handicap to my handicap. Well, what is your handicap? Well, it's my hand. That's yeah. It. It's, it's right here. It's there. Stay away from <laughs> handicap this. jokes. Yeah. Are gonna go there. No, no, no. I got a good sense of humor. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> when you, um, you know, I know that you've talked about like you, th there's gotta be this, difficult balance when you have uh, a social media platform or some, any kind of app or whatever that, you know, what TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all these Twitter and it, same thing. It's like what they've become known for now is how sucked in that you get that you don't want to leave. TikTok's yeah. literally TikTok. You waste hours. You don't even notice it. I mean, yeah. and so you trying to say, well, we we're going to design a successful platform that also encourages people to put it down occasionally and encourages people to come back. But that's got to be a difficult challenge and a blend that not many platforms have uh, really kind of found that balance, if that makes sense. It does. It, it's, it is. I mean, you know, recently at my brother uh, who has his MBA uh, recently joined me as my chief operating officer. Mm -hmm. And he is truly my yin to my yang. Uh, we're one of the few brothers who can probably work hand in hand and never necessarily fight. But when we do have arguments over how something's done, it's very analytically driven in terms of what the outcome will be. When you look at how can we get people to use the platform and then how can we entice them to go to events and functions? Well, that's by having events listed on the platform yeah. and having them promoted throughout, encouraging, figuring out a way that we can push the people to those events to help fill seats and venues that maybe don't have you know stuff going on. Maybe we, as you muse us, have to hold events you know at these venues. Reach out to them, speak with them, work with them. You know the smaller venues at first, and maybe the bigger ones later to give them these mini competitions or whatever we do. But there is a fine line, and you see it. You, you just touched on it. I mean TikTok. I could sit on that for a while playing it. And I'm not saying our platform will be better than anybody else. It's just we're going to be hyper focused on a very particular group or a subset of individuals and music is a massive subset, mm -hmm. but we're going to be giving everybody a certain way to do it. And there is, there's a lot of tips and tricks that go into it and making sure it doesn't look too far out that people are like, what the hell is this? There's no way I'm going to ever use this or too simplistic to where like, I don't, I'm a grown ass man. I'm not going to use a Nickelodeon app. You know, like you have mm -hmm. to find a middle ground, where they just feel comfortable using it and, and yet to be trustworthy. And one of the other toughest parts about building a social networking platform is literally the legal stuff. 
you know, when I, while you're going through all this at the very beginning with legal, we were watching the Facebooks of the world and others get dragged into Senate and congressional hearings. And when you're hearing what they're talking about, you're going back to the drawing board on our end, or I'm going back to my engineers and my designers. And I have a team in India who works on this with me. And I'm like, are we in any jeopardy of what they're doing? No. And I was like, oh, thank God. Or like, uh oh, we need to make sure I don't want to deal with this. I want to make sure we nip it before it even happens. You know, writing your privacy policies, your community standards. How are we going to handle people that have inappropriate behavior on the platform? You know, our terms of service, all of this stuff. It's more than just opening up a site and saying, we're going to be, we're going to push content where everybody's going to have a blast and all these wonderful things. You still have to have checks and balances and you have to have it, you know, allowable for the EU overseas. So they let them actually use it and you're not, you know, blocked. There's just a lot of fun stuff that goes into it. And we're doing it all here from the beautiful mountain state, which is uh, wild. <laughs> I, have an, I have an idea for you, Justin. Just, yes. You might have already touched on it. And I just thought like getting people to the events, I just thought of like, if you could, and you might've already thought about this, like gamifying the attendance of going to an event. So if you go to an event, you get a token, you get a like, you, and if you accumulate 10 or 15 a year, you're somehow elevated status on the app or something, but it like, yes. at least it encourages people to go out into the real world. Did you go to a local concert? Yes. And then it's like, okay, cool. This person has been to 500 local concerts over the last six years or something like that. Like that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. We have, um, without giving away the special sauce just yet, could be your very uh, right individual to pick up on that. Trust me, that is uh, that's right there with some of the stuff that we're looking at. Oh, uh, we even have, and what I can talk about in our platform, we have compliments. I want people to actually go and throw up an icon that looks like like an attaboy, way to go, you know, stellar musician, great chops, that kind of stuff. And the more compliments you get, you as the as the individual that receive them can cash them into us and use those to advertise for free. Maybe you're uh, uh, something your band's doing. Now, right now, we don't have the ability for a band to just join our page. You join by your individual instrument, and then you mm. create yourself within our platform. So we may eventually open up a band function, but I didn't want okay. our site to get overwhelmed by all the established bands just jumping on the platform and thinking that everybody's going to get blue check marks next to their name yeah. and instantly become, I wanted it, you had to earn it. Yeah, and not only did you have to earn it, but you got to be polite. You got to be mindful. Musicians, you know, our feelings get hurt just as much as anybody else's. But when somebody takes the time to tell me how good I'm doing or, you know, keep up the great work or you're doing this, that, that's like words of encouragement. And I think having that in a platform for people to be able to give out words of encouragement and it means something monetarily or at least incentivize or gamification of something on the platform. You know, that's a, that's a special sauce that not many people are doing. I think you got a special sauce, man, because I can just think of an example. I was in when I was in Davis and Thomas, West Virginia, scoping out the Almost Heaven Classic, MountaineerMedia.org. Go sign up for it. <laughs> um, we strolled in. We had a few beers at the pizza place at the end. I can't think of the place. It was at the very beginning of the street on Thomas, in Thomas. And then we walked down to the Purple Fiddle walked right in and this awesome band was playing and this girl she was not a part of like the she wasn't the singer she was just like ripping up like violin like in the background kind of just like doing her thing like 
I could see where it's like she kind of becomes known amongst, you know, those like traveling bands that are oftentimes not like set bands. Like they, they yep. often will play with each other. They go over here, like our buddy Tanner to reference. Like I've just kind of learned that like he doesn't have a band that he goes with. He kind of just tours around and kind of substitutes in and out. Yep. But if there was that social following and kind of that community around her skill set, then it's like she kind of could leverage that maybe more like be, and not be stuck like you said in the backstage and then like the front artist maybe gets all the press and the social media and the likes and all that yeah but it's but it's her music that's driving the show and if like she had a way of leveraging that social credit um in that clout in that literal monetary system that yep. would be extremely helpful for her to navigate her career absolutely yeah our idea is what happens if you're in chicago and you are an established band and you, we want you to be able to jump on You Muse Us when we have millions of users and say, man, our drummer is ungodly sick and he cannot play. But we have a show with a thousand people coming down to this theater. Need we need to, yeah, you can jump yeah. on our platform, search by, by zip, by city. Now you're all of a sudden able to see their pictures. They have a little about us section that, and each, and each different uh, profile type has different answers to different questions that we have. Like if you're a drummer, we're asking you, drummer specific questions what equipment do you use what gigs have you done and so people can read up all about you in the about us section on your profile and see pictures and videos and content and more letting them know am i looking for gigs am i looking to be in a band whatever it is it's kind of like a musician friend finder but built mm -hmm. into a platform we want you to interact that's neat man dude that's yeah. that's cool we're doing a lot and but we have to we have to take all this and for the beta bring it into yeah, this and make sure purpose. it works and then start adding back out. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't build it out here first and then turn it off to bring it here, then you look like the platforms that are trying to add stuff after the fact yeah. and it's not quite working. I just taken the weird route of building all of it. And now I'm going to minimize it and say, I'm already ready with all the other fun stuff. Dude, I think we're the same way, man, because I feel like I kind of, the way we think about Mountain Meat is like we have very big visionary type things for 10 years things, but then it's like you can't overwhelm your audience with like all these crazy big, it's like, what's the narrowed focus of it right now? But yes. I can already see in my head what this is, what this is going to be like in 10 or 15 years, like, and yeah. we'll get there and I'm going to move hell and earth, you know, heaven and earth to get to that point. But absolutely. I'm going to recommend a book for you. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, it's the Def Jam Records founder Rick Rubin, which I don't know if you're familiar with him or what you're oh, yeah, yeah, of him, yeah. but it's called oh, yeah. the Creative Way of Being. It's I'm coming quite, out. Not quite there, but I'm getting there. Yeah, you've got <laughs> very similar <laughs> beard. As I'm getting there too, man. I'm kind of. Yeah. I've been growing out in my beard in November, so but it's, it's it coming out in early November, and I have no affiliation with this. I've just I'm yeah. I listen, I listen to him on a podcast, and I just he just struck me because the way he thinks in, in just such a visionary way about music and life and creativity and just letting things like flow. So it's, yeah, it's called the creative act. I pre-ordered it on Amazon, but I think just based on this conversation, I think you would really enjoy it. So that, yeah, that's my I'm going to I'm gonna have to check that out because he is, he's definitely someone that I looked up to when I was young because he wasn't what you thought would be Producer working, would be, right. let alone in Def Jam. Right. So like it's like a big beard, like kind of like does not fit like definitely, no, you know, but you just, know epic and when you see these these videos that come out where he's helping jc through something or or whatever artist he's working through the beastie boys how he gets them from point a to point b and then mashes it all together and says now we have a banger that's about mm -hmm. to go out and this will be a this will be a stunner of a song and hot chili peppers it, yeah like everybody i mean and he can work with one hip-hop one day and then rock the next day and country the next 
gospel and he doesn't he doesn't discriminate against any sound mm-hmm. he just wants it to be good music when it leaves his hands that's mm-hmm. all he cares about and that's kind of i feel the same way and i'm glad to hear you guys have the vision because i see it too and that's probably where this kindred spirit is that we have is i see what you guys are capable of doing down the road and people like myself and other startups that come along you guys want to build a being on board with West Virginia and the preeminent version of this, we want to mm-hmm. be someone that can help, you know, do those types of things and and help out of your golf tournaments, which we look forward to being a part of. So it's going to be, it'll be great. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, I'm glad we got, uh, glad we yeah. got connected. It's been a long time Thank coming you. in. Like, yeah. like we said, we've seen, if you're, if you're a mover and shaker, West Virginia, you jump on like the LinkedIn culture, I think in West Virginia is taking off. I think there's so many people supporting each other's projects and work, Um, you know, Instagram, you know, it's been there. It's just a little bit saturated. It's kind of harder to break through. But I think if you're listening to this and you're like, I think it's like LinkedIn, that's where you post a job. Like, I think that's like where everybody's kind of finding out about these creative projects. I see all your updates at Advantage Ventures and with Gordon Gee and all this stuff, like, so I think there is a wave of people that are helping each other, growing this state, sharing their passion. And Justin, you're you're up there with everybody else, man, crushing it. So we thanks uh thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, people like the Brad Smith, the John Chambers, the universities, the agencies, you know, the right down to the governor's office, you know, getting everybody to come together, these the business and innovation conference that I went to that I can't wait to go, but I just judged. I don't know, 11 or 15 uh, startups on that competition that's going on right now. And I was blown away by what I saw, you know, and whether they need some help getting to where it is or they're ready to go. The other thing I try to really pride myself on is helping the ones that need a leg up because Mm. I had it, but I also didn't have it. And I think to myself, you can't be someone who becomes a pillar at some point if you aren't also holding up the people that are trying to get you know, up there on their way up as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the only way that the scales get balanced is if you help and put yourself out there. So that's my only takeaway is I'm just, I'm here to do it in the state, but I'm here to also help as I go. You are doing it, man. Yeah. yeah. Certainly I appreciate right. it guys. Yeah. This was you, a blast. Yeah. Thank you as always. And um, good luck to you, man. Keep rocking and keep doing it big. I appreciate it guys. Thank you.